All right, well, good morning, everybody. I'm going to ask everyone, if you can, return back to a seat, back to uh, wherever you uh, hopefully found one earlier. So thank you for working with us, being patient uh, with us as we are uh, meeting temporarily in, in here uh, due to the unforeseen circumstances of the gymnasium through the major leaks from the roof. They are in motion to repair those things uh, and get us back in there uh, as quickly as possible. But uh, nonetheless, we're in here. And, and, um, and so I'm thankful uh, that we actually have a warm place, a dry place uh, to gather. And I know it's a little tight, a little tight, but that's all right. It's how we roll. We like to be tight. So it's all good. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. <laughs> uh, I'd like to uh, say congratulations uh, to, uh, to a couple in our church uh, recently married. Uh, you know her as Miss Pam or Pam. But now you will know her as Mrs. Newman. Mr. and Mrs. Les Newman. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, hopefully you get to stick around for lunch after church. Not really. You will? Okay. Um, I promise, Les, we're, we're, we're friendly, but we do like to hug and shake hands, so hopefully we don't overwhelm you too much, all right? So, but welcome officially to New Life Church, and uh, we pray God's blessings on the two of you and your future together. Amen? Amen. Um, well, listen, we're wrapping up our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Who's glad the fasting part is over? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? You can do a lot with honesty, so um, I am too, but uh, I know we've been praying for you. Our pastoral staff and leadership have been praying for you over these 21 days uh, a whole lot, and um, just uh, this seems like this last final week of, of, the, of this 21 days, we've heard of different types of setbacks in some of your lives and different types of attacks that have gone on, and uh, that just shows us and tells us that we're doing something right. We're headed in the right direction because the enemy does not like it when God's people follow God uh, and, and, and aim to do the great exploits that he's called us to do and live for him. So I admonish your faith and continue to encourage you. Um, and in the spirit of this, uh, 21 days prayer and fast, the hopeful goal is that we all got closer to the Lord and that our eyes were opened a little more to what God wants to do in our life this year and that we become a little more willing and obedient to what he wants to do in our lives. Amen? Well, today is Heart for the House Sunday. It's a day where we get to gather together. I get to cast and share vision with you about our church, and particularly as it applies to this year that we are in, 2017. And so I want to talk to you. I'll continue on the anthem that we've been on for a few weeks, and this is what I kind of really feel and sense the anthem for the year being, and that is Great Expectations. Great expectations. Can you say great expectations? Thank you. Awesome. I want to turn your attention to the screen to a a verse found in the message translation, Ephesians 3.20. It's the kind of the foundation, central scripture to uh, this uh, time frame. Ephesians 3.20 says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit, deeply and gently 
within us. God can do anything you know. Who has faith for that? Who wants to take God at His word that He is sincere and that He is real when He says that, that He can do anything? Far beyond, as the message says, far beyond our wildest dreams. Your translations, others might say, you might have memorized it in this way, God can do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or even imagine or think according to the power that works within us. Amen. Great expectations. Let's bow our head and pray over today's word. Father, we gather together in your name and we thank you for giving us life, for giving us freedom, for giving us even free will to choose. And Lord, we choose you. Lord, I know there are moments and there are times when our flesh doesn't. We choose the alternative. But Lord, we want to be the kind of people that always chooses you and your word and your ways. So this morning as we open your word and we're here, we give you our time, we give you our attention, Lord, and we're determined to hear from heaven what you have to say about our life, what you have to say about our church, Lord, and we just look to you today for guidance, direction, inspiration, and we know that when we do that, you bring transformation because we all got some things that we need to be transformed by and transformed in. So we open our hearts to you now, Holy Spirit. Speak to us and bring transformation to our lives. We love you and we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Everybody who wants that can say Amen. amen. Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. The end of the book of this, it's um, nearing the end of Paul's journey of life and ministry. It's coming to a close. And Paul is uh, in this, these latter stages of life. And Acts chapter 27, verse 1 says, When the time came, we set sail for Italy. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Verse 25 says, Paul saying these words, So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. Take courage. I believe God. It will be just as he said. And the message version says, I believe God will do exactly what he told me. How many of you believe that for your life, that you believe God will do exactly what he told you? If you don't, you're in a good place to have your faith built up to get to that place. And for those of you that you are, may you continue to believe that, model that, live that, have faith for that. What, where, we're, where we are at in this story and where we are at as a church is, is real familiar. There's some parallels here that I like to bring out today. Paul saying, we set sail for Italy, a destination. And then nearing the end of that portion of time, he brought some reassurance to the crew. He was not a crew member. He was a prisoner. He was a passenger. And, and there were others like him in the boat, other, who were, other prisoners who were worse, who were bad off, who didn't break God's commandments. Paul was preaching them, and he was arrested for it. But they were on this journey, and they were sailing for Italy. About three years ago, as a church, we uh, began to set sail to a new destination. God was calling us to let go of some things and to set sail towards a new destination as a church. And this was one of the parts of, the, of, the te- of, the, of God's Word that, 
that I used to, to, to teach for a series of weeks uh, to, in preparation for our, our move and preparation for our new journey together as a church. And here's a question for us today. What has God asked you to step away from? Or in the analogy of the story, what, has he, what is he asking you to sail towards? Because many times I think we can look at this thing with the Lord and his word and be like, you want me to give up that? You want me to let go of that? And we don't see what it is he wants us to get to. We don't see what he wants us to sail towards. Because his, God is the God of, of first and last, beginning and end, alpha and omega. So he knows what is waiting. He knows what he has out in front of us. We don't always know that, which is why we have to live in a life of faith to trust God, that God knows what he has. We don't see the unseen. We don't know the unknowns, but we'll eventually travel through them. But God knows beyond that, there, there is a final destination. There is a new horizon. There is a new shoreline for us to get to. And so the question is, what is God asking you to sail towards? What, what has he been putting on your heart to let go of. And I'll tell you this, whatever he is asking you to sail towards is far better than what he is asking you to sail from. Because the carnal side of our life, our flesh side of us, we like to hold on to things. And it requires faith to let go of things and to open ourselves up to a whole new horizon and what the Lord has waiting for us. So whatever it is God is asking you to sail towards is always and far better than what he is asking you to leave behind. Doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean there's not going to be a sacrifice. Doesn't mean there won't be some changes involved. Doesn't mean that things won't happen like that. It will. It'll happen. But here's the great thing about this, is that this, this story gives us this understanding of what Paul really centers around, and he brings a reassurance to, and that is have great expectations. He says, take courage. I'll say, have great expectations. And he says, I believe God. And that's what I want to tell you today, church, is have great expectations for this year. Have great expectations for your life in the Lord, and through it and in it and from it, always believe God. Because he'll never disappoint and he'll never let you down. Amen? So can somebody say great expectations? So as we have these great expectations, the place we need to have great expectations is the in-between time. The time of leaving something and sailing towards the new thing. That's where it requires faith to have great expectations to believe God. Why? Because that is where the in-between time is where we face some stuff. Oh, it's nice to leave A and get get to the next part. But what we don't always like is the transfer of process, is the transition of change through it, because that's where it gets nitty-gritty. That's where it gets hot and ugly and testy and all those things, and that's where the trials are, and that's where the, the tribulations are. That's where we fall, and that's where we make mistakes. But it's in, in the in-between time. That is where we have to trust God. And we have to continue to have great expectations and not settle for anything other than what God has said. Amen? We must believe Him. But in the in-between times, we face some things, and this story lays it out. I'm just going to run through uh, three things that stick out here in this story. When you are trusting the Lord to leave something and sail towards the new thing that God has, you're going to face some things. Paul and his crew, they faced resistance. You're going to face resistance. I'll just tell you this, it ain't always going to be easy. 
when you decide to do great things for God, when you decide to have great faith in God, when you decide to take God at His word and put it to the test and put it in work in your life. It ain't going to always be easy if I can keep saying ain't. In the South. That's, that's, that's right. It might not work anywhere else, but it'll work here. But you'll face resistance. You'll face resistance. Paul faced resistance. Listen to, just listen to the to words he, does, he used here for some resistance. And in verse 4, Paul said they, they went out into the sea, and it says, We encountered strong headwinds. Strong headwinds that made it difficult. In verse 7, it said, With great difficulty we had slow sailing. Strong headwinds, great difficulty. Friends, when you decide to say yes to the Lord and and to move forward and move towards what God is calling you to, you will face resistance. But what happens when you face resistance? You just chalk it up, well, it must not be the Lord. Well, the devil made me do it. Oh, I I just don't know that I have it in me. And listen, friend, we all go through this cycle. Because we all get challenged and we all get convicted by the Holy Spirit to make some changes, right? To make some progress and to give up stuff and to let go of certain things and to pursue the Lord in greater passion and greater faithfulness. But you will have resistance. So what do you do? Paul, I think, gives us a great understanding. Verse 8, he says this. He says, we struggled, but we sailed. We struggled, but we continued to sail even with great difficulty, finally arriving at the next spot. When you're, when you're in it, you're leaving something, you're sailing towards what God has for you, you face resistance, but what do you do? No matter how difficult it gets, you keep sailing. You keep finding a way to move forward. You don't use excuses to quit. You don't find excuses to quit. You don't depend on reasons to not No, you dig deep, and when you dig deep, you don't dig deep in yourself. You dig deep in the Spirit of God, the same Spirit, the Bible says, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives also in you as a believer. A Spirit that won't quit, a Spirit that won't let death knock it out, a Spirit that won't let a borrowed tomb keep it tucked away. No, a Spirit that won't keep you back and keep you down. God's Spirit in you always fights for, looks for, and and goes for a life of resurrection, a life of continuation. So whatever it is you're facing that's resisting you right now, know this, don't stop. Find a way to keep going. They also faced this. They faced being redirected. They set out on a a course, charted a course to go for Italy, their destination. But in the middle of sailing towards their new thing, they were faced with being redirected redirected. Verse 14, it said this, it said that they, um, it said the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeastern just came out of nowhere, blew us out to sea. Anybody have anything just kind of come out of nowhere and try to knock you off course? Life happens like that, doesn't it? Probably happened to some of you this week. It's like, where did that come from? I didn't even see that on the, on the radar. Man, the, the meteorologist really screwed that one up. He didn't even let me know. You know what? That's the way it is. God doesn't always let us know when, when something's going to come from nowhere. But God is not surprised. 
He's not surprised by anything that happens. So what happens when we're faced with possibly being redirected in our course? Where God, I'm going to go your way. God, I'm going to commit to you. God, I'm going to f- serve you. God, I'm going to follow. God, I'm going to do what your word tells me to do. I'm going to bunker down. I'm going to root myself in this thing. And then out of nowhere, bam! You feel like you just got blown off course, right? So what do you do? Well, here's what they did. Verse 17, it said, The sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. That tells me this, we reinforce our vessel. When your vessel is feeling like you're getting blown off course, you reinforce it. You strengthen it. What do you do? What does that mean to reinforce your vessel, your heart, your soul, your life? How do you reinforce it? Well, I think a good reminder is this, is to keep doing the things you know to do. Keep doing the small things like they're little things, and God will do big things like it's a little thing. What are the little things? Well, I just so happened to preach on all this the last three weeks. So I would ask you to go back to the website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. Go to sermons. They're there. Last three weeks, pull them up. They're not terribly long, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, if you can endure that. Some of you have drive time like that. Listen to them. I talk about doing the usuals. I talk about doing the things you know to keep doing. Those things will never go away in God's Word. We keep looking for the bigger, baddest steak around that God's got to serve. And he's like, have you eaten the little part? Have you been doing the small part? Have you been continuing to do the usual part? You'll never get the bigger parts if you can't handle the smaller parts. It's a principle of the Word of God and the kingdom of God. Amen? So when, you're being felt, when you feel like your life's being redirected and you're like, I don't like where my life is going. I want it to go this way. I want it to go with God. But I feel like every time I'm getting blown off course, I'm getting pushed back, I'm getting forced off. Here's what you got to do. Reinforce your vessel, pray, read the word, continue to give, continue to worship and fellowship with the church. Usually one of the number one signs that something bad's going on in a person's life in the church is they stop showing up. They think, well, I'm, I, I'm just going to get this, I'm going to whip this, I'm going to take this down, and then I'll be back. What usually happens is you don't come back, not without great travail and defeat in your life. So keep doing the things you know to do to reinforce your vessel. And here's the third thing they they faced. They faced being reoriented. They faced being reoriented. Verse 20 says this. It says, The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. They couldn't see. They couldn't see. It was dark. They were drifting. They were being... They had lost their orientation. They had lost their sense of direction. Come on, anybody ever been there? Lost your sense of direction? Maybe traveling, out on a a journey, on a trip, whatever. I like to know where I'm going when I'm going somewhere. It's hard for me just to get in the car and just drive, just go out casually driving. That just isn't me. I like to know, okay, where are we going? Where Where do you want to end up at? Because here's what I like to do. I like to take in the, the, all the contingencies and the tangibles that are there and where you want to end up at. Cool, we can end up there. So while we're going to end up there, we're going to go here, there, here, and there, here, and there. And then we're going to get there. And my, and my wife hates that. I, but God does, he, he might not tell you what you're going to go through to get there, but he does put it out in front of you. I am calling you to greater things. And we don't always know what we're going to do to get there, which drives me crazy, Lord. 
So what do you do? In 1952, Florence Chadwick attempted to swim the ocean waters between Catalina Island and the California shoreline, 22 miles in the fog and the choppy seas. After 15 hours, her muscles began to cramp and her resolve weakened. She begged to be taken out of the water, but her mother, riding in a boat alongside her, urged her not to give up. She kept trying, but she just grew exhausted. Aides lifted her out of the water and put her in the boat, and as they paddled a few more minutes, the mist broke. She discovered that the shoreline was less than a half a mile away. She said, this is important, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. All I could see was the fog. What was wrong? I think if I could have just seen the shore, I would have made it. Not could have. I know I would have made it. Friends, what do you do when you lose your sight, when you lose your way, when you feel out of place, when you feel disoriented and life has spun you around? You need some reassurance. You need somebody to come alongside of you and tell you it's okay. You're tired. You're exhausted. I don't really know how you feel, but I can see it. And you need somebody to come alongside of you and tell you, take courage. I believe God, for it will be just as he said. I believe God will do what he told me he would do. You need to be reminded And church, I want to remind you of that today. I want to remind you in your heart, in your life, in your situation where you're at today. I want to bring some reassurance. More importantly, heaven wants to bring you some reassurance in your life. Trust God. Have great expectations. Believe God. Believe what He said to you. So what has God said to you? What has He said? It's important to remember what he said because when you're going and you're sailing towards the new, you face resistance, you face being redirected, you face being reoriented, you need to remember what God has told you because you've got to trust in that. You've got to fall back on it and you've got to hold fast to that. Well, a little over three years ago, the Lord told us as a church, so said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sell your property. I want you to move to a temporary location. I want you to pay off the debts. I want you to rewrite the course of the direction for the church. In other words, I want you to replant. I want you to rehabilitate. I want you to rebrand. And I want you to reboot. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, for starters, he gave us a new name. New Life Church. New Life Church. Gave us a new vision. Vision of our church. New Life Church is to reach, teach, and lead people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ through the gathering, the gospel, and the Great Commission. Gave us a whole set of, a new set of values to be kingdom-minded people, to be discipleship-driven in what we do, to be Great Commission-focused, to be Holy Spirit-filled, to be next-generation-minded, and to be a stewardship-guided church so that we can carry on and move forward into uncharted waters and be 
who God has called us to be. Amen? And with that came some new responsibilities as well. Made us look at things different. Really focused in on four real areas, what I call the four pillars, and that is the financial pillar, the spiritual pillar, the directional pillar, and the organizational pillar. And how each of these plays an important part in the life of our church. Talking about reassurance, what has God said? As I'm talking about our church here as a whole, corporately, collectively, think about your life individually. What has God said as you are sailing towards something new in the Lord this year? You face resistance. You face being blown off course and getting turned around and maybe wrestling with losing heart, growing weary and well-doing. The Bible says don't let that happen because it's possible. It can happen, but don't let it happen. So as I talk about our church and what God has said, think about your own life. Financially, where have we been? They're going to show some things on the screen here for us. I want you to look at uh, some financial things. Uh, should be a couple before that, guys, with 2015. There you go. Looking back where we've been, just a, shortly a year after we moved, 2015, and then last year, 2016, basically this just puts our entire financial spectrum in a nutshell right here. You see the operations, which facilities, ministries, personnel. 2015, 87% was expensed out. Last year, 78%. That's a good thing. Missions, 2015, 5%. Missions last year, 10%. Savings, 2015, 6 Last year, 1%. I'll tell you why. Debt reduction, 2 in 2015. Debt reduction, 11 That's why in 2016. What does that mean? It means before we moved, you've heard me say this before, but for those of you who are new, before we moved, we had less than 5% of our monies being able to go towards ministries and missions, et cetera, and zero savings and a whole lot of debt, and to be exact, over $1 million in debt. So what did God say? I told you earlier. Let's look at 2017, what we're looking at this year. So what we're projecting for operations, facilities, ministries, personnel, 76% to be expensed out. Missions, 8. Savings, 9. It's back up. Debt reduction, 7 Here's why. Because by the end of July of this year, this year, this year, (laughs) we plan to have the rest of our debt paid off as a church. That's why it was 11% last year. We got real aggressive last year. The board said, let's get this thing knocked out. And And this year, they said, hey, we can do it. It's, I can see the shore. It's not foggy anymore. Amen? Amen? And when you can see the shore, you can make it. You can make it. So that's why. So that's where we've been financially, where we are this year, where we're headed this year. The financial pillar is important because it provides stability for the next pillar, and that is the spiritual pillar. And here's what I mean by that, just to sum it up, and that is for us to be holy committed to loving Jesus Christ with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to be the kind of people that love others the way Jesus loves, through the gathering, uh, like this, through the gospel, and through the great commission. And I'm so grateful that God, of what He has done for us, we trusted Him, it was dark, it was dreary, it was unknown, will anybody come with us from 
1340 North Parkway to here, and lo and behold, you showed up. This March will be three years. March 2nd will be three years since our move, since we set sail. And we're not shipwrecked, thank God. Like some things happen in this story. But the spiritual pillar is that that's what we're aiming for. That's what we want to see. I want to see everyone who's a part of our church and those we help reach out to to eventually become devoted followers of Jesus Christ, to love him with everything and to love other people the way Jesus loves. Amen? We all got a long ways to go in that department of loving other people and even loving the Lord. But hey, he hasn't given up on us and and he will not give up on us. If you're here today and you feel like God has given up on you, I want you to know God is speaking to you. It's not by an accident that you're in church today because he has not given up on you. There's still dreams and there's still purpose and there's still a destiny for your life. And whatever the enemy has done and whatever you've allowed to happen in your life and by your own decisions and by things that have been done against you unfairly, the Lord wants you to know he is not giving up on you. You need to believe him. You need to have great expectations and you need to believe God. What is God saying? What is he saying? He hasn't given up on you. Amen? And the spiritual pillar is so vital because it gives and leads us to the directional pillar, where our lives are going, what direction, how we're going to get there. I want to tell you, last year we baptized over seven people, water baptized over seven people last year. That's awesome. Need to celebrate every single one. Celebrate whether it's 770 or 700. Amen? Amen. But that means seven people went public in their faith. They said, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm setting my life on this course to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't know how to do it yet, but I'm going to learn. I don't know how it all is going to play out, but I'm willing to follow. Amen? And I need you to teach me. That's why we're here as a church, to teach each other how to serve and love the Lord together. Amen? So the directional pillar, what we've done, and listen to these things. To you, it might seem like, well, that's just the program. That's just what happens. That's just kind of the, the natural thing that's supposed to happen in church. But there ain't nothing that just happens to happen. Prayer, preparation, intentionality, planning, all those things and then some. But all of these have a place and they have a purpose. What have we done with our gathering? We have a consistent weekly Sunday morning worship gathering every week for families like today. Doesn't mean we don't have to rearrange. <laughs> but we, we make it consistent. We're here. We're together. We have a consistent Wednesday night, next-gen ministry with Awanas every week and our Glare Youth every week. We have consistent weekly adult Bible studies. We have consistent life groups and fellowships, in case you didn't know, for families, for senior adults, for young adults, for single moms, for men, for women, and all of us together, like we'll have after church today, a meal. We have consistent times of prayer, prayer focuses. Every week we have a prayer rally at 10, led by Dan and Diana Hurley. Every And every quarter we have a prayer focus. We just did a 21-day. In the spring we'll do a 14, and then later on the year we'll do another one. Why do I say all those things? Because all those things are vital. Those help us to to build each other up as disciples in Jesus Christ. Amen? Where we've been, what we have done just in three years, 
the Great Commission. The Great Commission, we have a consistent next-gen summer camp for our children and our teenagers every summer. They've been going to camp, and every year the numbers keep going up and up and up. And every year the next generation encounters the power of the Holy Spirit infused by the Word of God and surrounded by the fellowship of one another. And they come back every year, every summer, changed. Hearts opened. Lives redirected. Amen. That's what we want for our children. Want their hearts to be open to the Lord. Want their lives to be directed towards God. Amen. So that's part of the reason we're a next-gen focused church as well. We have also have consistent local outreaches through different partnerships. Area Relief Ministry, or ARM as it's known. RIFA, the Dream Center. Eden of Youth Town through our uh, Christmas blessing and our uh, recovery groups that meet together. We also, over the last three years, have established consistent missions support, something we were not able to do for quite some time until we uh, trusted God to sail away and sail towards this. Current mission support. We've successfully led two summer mission trips the last two years. Uh, It's not on the agenda for this year. Uh, It's one we've not really mentioned it uh, this year so far. Uh, We're not doing a mission trip. Uh, The the board and all of us agree we want to knock out the debt that we've got and have that off of our books for good. And, uh, but what will continue to happen is our missions support. That's why you saw that on the screen, missions. It's going to continue to give uh, in our mission support. Uh, so that's not stopping uh, through our different missionary partners uh, and missionaries from right here in the United States to the tip of Africa and South Africa to Malawi to even the Gideon's Bible distribution all around the world different ones like that. So those are going to continue to happen. That's where we have been, where what we've done. Where are we going? Again, talk about what has God said? Because you're going to need to be reassured to have great expectation in the midst. We've had some resistance since being here, not by the people who own the place. They've been very good, very gracious, very kind, and I'm thankful for that, to have good landlords. Amen? But there's still, a, there's still resistance. There's still, over the last three years, we've, 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 it, the enemy's tried to knock us off course, try to get us to doubt, try to get us to disbelieve God. God ain't going to do anything else with your church. God's not going to grow you. God's not going to bring in new people. God's not going to change the lives of the, of the folks who come to your church. All these things that the enemy likes to get out there. But like somebody likes to say, the devil is a lie. devil is a lie because he knows when God puts something in motion and he starts something, God always sees it through to completion. Amen. Remember that for your own life. So where are we going? Where are we headed this year? One, we're going to be debt free, praise the Lord. Another is we're going to continue to remain here in this building, in this facility to gather weekly at least until 2018. So what we need to do is I ask you this, pray for God to show us Where's next and what's next? As of sitting here today on January 29, 2017, I don't know. I'm always looking. I'm, when I'm driving around, I'm always looking and wondering, could that be a location again for our church that we would own and have as our own and do all that? I don't know. I just know I, we have a lot of ideas, we have a lot of thoughts, but we need God's divine direction. 
Because the last thing any of us want to do for your own life is go somewhere God says don't go. Just because it looks good, feels good. Amen? So pray for us. Seriously, this is as much a part of you as it is me. This is us together. Amen? This isn't my church. This is the church of Jesus. My name might be on some legal documents and all that kind of stuff, and which is pretty scary. But <laughs> that's why you got good people around you to help you make good decisions and hold you accountable. Make sure you don't do anything dumb. But pray, seriously, pray. What are, what's next? Amen? We're going to grow. Our church will grow. We have grown. But I know there's more on the horizon. In fact, I stood before you last year at Heart for the House in January and said, I believe the Lord wants to grow our church four times our current size by the end of 2020. I believe that. In order for us to move forward, though, here's some things that have to happen. Here's some things we're going to focus on, okay? Two main things, two main areas that we're really going to put some focus in. Number one is this, leadership and volunteer development as a church. It's part of the, part of the roster, part of the makeup of, of the church. You see it from Acts 2 on. just become, that's the DNA. By doing what we call Team Day. We did that yesterday, our first one. Thank you all for those who came out and were a part of that. And we invite those of you who couldn't to come out to the next one. You'll hear more about that. But we plan to have three Team Days this year. The next one, I think, is scheduled to be in April, so we invite you to be a part of that. What does that mean? Really, Team Day is this. It's a time for us to gather together to cast a vision, to create unity, to build relationships, and to strengthen our gifts together so that we can grow stronger together as a church in our mission. Because how many of you know this thing, church, and God's purpose and mission can't be done with just one person? It requires all of us. All of us. In fact, Corinthians... Talks about Paul in there. He says, God puts every member right where he wants them in the church. There's a place for you. There's a functioning part for you. And I'm so thankful and grateful for all of you who currently serve and participate and have found your place or at least you're willing to, to do something and serve. And so thank you for that from my heart to you. I really, really do strongly appreciate that. And here, let me just tell you this. These are some, some of the main anchor areas that we're looking for, that we want more people to join and be a part of in the area of our praise and worship and media team. Our New Life Kids ministry team. Our Sunday morning serve and set up teams. And our weekly consistent outreach teams. So those are four that we're really looking for right now. Uh, doesn't mean that any that won't take anybody else for any other things. It just means those are four primary ones that we really want to grow depth in. And one of the ways we're going to do that is through Team Day. And so you're going to be you're, some of you are going to get phone calls. Some of you are going to get talked to in the church, like, "Hey, you would be awesome here. Have you considered serving here in this area?" So when that happens, you have a decision to make. You can never come back again. And run from us? Or you could say the classic answer, I'll pray about it. Which means you might not come back again. Or C, sure. C is always the better answer on all multiple choice tests, I'm told. I don't know. I don't know. Don't, if you got tests this week, students, do, and the answer ain't C, don't pick C. Because then will be like, my pastor said C is the best answer in all of these things. Then I'll be like, C, I told you, 
not to do what I said. So, Leadership volunteer development. Another one is this, is always spiritual formation. The spiritual formation of our lives spiritually. How we're going to continue to do the things we currently do. And here's a new thing we're going to be adding to the, to the mix this year. Is what I'm calling elder training. Elder training. Going to be identifying, training, and equipping people in our church to help shoulder the responsibility of leadership and pastoral care. That if our church has any shot at being long-term, having a legacy, continuing on for the next generation, a generation after, so long as the Lord tarries, then our bench has to get deeper. And our bench teams have to get stronger. We have to become better. And so... Part of my responsibility as a pastor is part of it in Ephesians 4 as the job description is to equip. So that's one of the things we're going to be doing. We're going to be identifying, training, and equipping some of you in our church to become elders in our church, to, become, to help shoulder the responsibility of leadership and to help share the pastoral care with one another. And so don't be surprised if I come to you and talk to you. It means that the Lord put you on my heart to say, Hey, have you thought about, would you consider? And you got A, B, or C as your choice. So. But how do we, how, you know, we got the financial pillar, we got the spiritual pillar, and we got our directional pillar. How do, we, how do we do all that? Well, it happens through the organizational pillar. Organizational pillar. It's, we have a board, we have a finance committee, we have a staff, we have lay leaders. And I'm going to ask these folks to stand. And then, um, then we're going to take it a step further, and um, we're going to have come to the communion table here in just a minute. Um, again, board, finance committee, our staff, and some lay leaders. Thomas Varghese, if you'll stand. And when I call your name, if you're able to remain standing, Brother Charles, Justin Beavers, not Bieber, but Beavers. He'll be around for autographs later. Miss Marlon Robertson. Brandon Bailey, there you are, Brandon. Mr. Van Nash, Pastor Prentice, Pastor Lindsey, Karen Wise, Dan Herlihy. We might have to have Karen stand up here because you can't <laughs> see her back. <laughs> My wife, Haley, and of course myself. I'll stay seated for another second. All of these folks are, again, part of our board, part of our finance committee, part of our staff, part of uh, our lay leadership. And here's, here's what I want to say about these guys is we want to help you all get to where God wants you to get. We want to help you do that. These folks have been instrumental, been key players, serving in key roles. And I pray they continue to, to do what the Lord puts on their heart to do here at New Life Church and beyond. I love each and every one of them. I appreciate each and every one of them. I'm thankful for each and every one of them uh, because here's what they do. They look out for the best interest of you. They look out for the best interest of you. And I'm proud to be able to say this thing doesn't revolve around me. I'm glad it doesn't revolve around me because it would fail. It would stink. And you would have something to talk about in the community. In a bad way. 
But in a good way, maybe you have something good to say. But these folks, along with myself, we serve you. We're here for you. And the question is this. What has God asked you to step away from this year? What is He asking you to sail towards? Because whatever God is asking you to sail towards is far better than whatever He's asking you to step away from. And we the leaders want to help you get there. We want to help you make it. You know what? God wants you to make it more than we want you to make it. And I know we want you to make it a whole lot. A whole lot. We want to see you make it. want to see you triumphant. want to see you victorious. want to see you succeed in the kingdom of God for your life and your family and your household. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask these leaders, if you would, go ahead and grab your um, communion set up. If someone could get mine for me so I don't fall and um, make a mess. And then these leaders are going to take a spot somewhere around this very spacious room. Thank you very much. And they're just going to spread out a little bit kind of around the room. It's a different way approach for communion than we normally do. We normally come up to like one or two tables on your own. Today, leaders and I, we're going to serve you communion. And so I'm going to ask you here in just a second that if you will, uh, here in a moment when you stand, if you'll get in groups of like four to six and you'll go to one of these leaders and just make a small circle with them. They're going to lead you in communion and serve you communion. Then they're going to pray for you. And they're going to pray that whatever God is is asking you to sail towards, that you'll have great expectations. That you will believe God. That it will be for your life just as He said. That you will not give in to resistance. That you will not allow yourself to be redirected. And that you will not lose your way, but you will see the shoreline. And you will keep the faith. And you will fight the fight. And you will finish this race that you're in. Because you've got all of us with you. And you've got many more, a host of angels from heaven rooting for you. That it might be dark in your life right now. It might be hard for you. You might have a lot of questions. And you might be looking for some answers. You might be looking for just a little bit of reassurance. God, am I on the right path? Am I headed in the right direction? Because I feel like things are twisted. I get confused. I'm getting tired. And it's just the first month of the year. Take courage. Paul says, God's word says, take courage, believe God, for it will be just as he said. If you can anchor deep in that, brother, sister, child, mom, dad, everyone in between, if you can anchor deep in that, you're going to make it.
and you're going to make it flying. You're going to make it soaring. And you're going to make it victorious. So today, what is God? What has He asked you to step away from? And more importantly, what has He asking you to sail towards?